Yeah. You need that outside perspective. It's hard to see it when you're in it. And I'd go to the same for myself too. That's why I always have coaches. You know, you need people to call you out and call you in. Hey, welcome back to All In. What's shaking? I am Rick Jordan, your host, and I'm here today with London. Is it Sousa? Sousa. Sousa. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I should have asked that ahead of time, but now no, I messed it up. No, it's all good. It's okay. We're learning things right from the beginning. Sousa. Welcome, welcome. I'm excited because you are an online lifestyle transformation coach. What is that? Is the online just meaning you do it online? Yeah. So I work with women all over the world, uh, just like how you and I are talking right now, right on Zoom. So that's kind of the online portion. I've been doing that, you know, working online for over a decade, but really honing in on this online lifestyle transformation coaching for the last uh, three years. And yeah, before even everyone was kind of transitioning online, um, this is where I've really been hanging out with my clients. And I just, you know, I come from a fitness background. So oftentimes we think we can fix the inside by working on the outside and that works until it doesn't. And so I just love helping women get their mind right, their body tight and love their life. And so that's what lifestyle transformation really is for me. <laughs> Cut their mind right, their body tight. And that's, that's fantastic. I love get that. Get it right, get it tight. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I dig it. So what led you into this? Because you said you've been in fitness for a long time, but there probably was a transformation at some point, right? To where you realized, hey, the mind's got to be right too. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, just make the long story short. I've always been kind of fit and active my whole life, uh, but went to college and just kind of, you know, was figuring out life there and just really realized the importance of fitness and healthy nutrition uh, early on. And from there, just really like fell in love with it, um, but really became you know, honed in and focused on like a lot of us do on our workouts, calories in, calories out, Um, just really confining and restricting when it came to like my social life and just like living, you know, like living a normal life while still being fit and healthy for me, that balance just really wasn't there. And I found myself um, from, you know, that kind of early college age, just really uh, spiraling into like I call the more is more mentality, like more workouts, more strict, rigid diet plans, more hours of cardio, you know, more hours of sleep, like beyond even eight hours. Like I just wanted to control and do more of all the things. And yeah, you know, we all know where that goes. Or if you don't, (laughs) you can only do that so much. And so for me, that was really like my aha moment and transition moment. I experienced a lot of hormonal disarray in my body um, from just kind of playing that tug of war game with my metabolism and with my hormones. By the way, you never win that. And so when that happened, I was just kind of like, you know, I don't want to, I love fitness. I love working out. There has to be a better way and a way that I can balance that and um, yeah, still live healthy and abundantly. And, you know, I just decided, you know, mindset that plays a big role. There has to be more than just the workouts, just the food. And I just, you know, I call it doing what sets your soul on fire. And so now for me, you know, working out is is one of those tools. It's a tool we all need. You know, we all have to have that tool in our toolbox and what that kind of looks like is the fun part and what I do with my clients and kind of that mind body love area. I love that. That's awesome. I do want to come back to the hormonal aspect of it in a little bit, because I mean, that's so important. And I don't think a lot of people understand you know, it men too, you know, what you do, what you eat, how you physically exert yourself, everything just throws that out of whack all the time, you know, and then you can start recognizing it. But we'll come back to that because I'm curious because I'm sure everyone comes to you and has, there's probably like a glaring topic, right? What's the one question that most women ask you when they come to you for help? 
most women and most people come to me and ask like, are you always motivated? Like what's the key to just wanting to work out and loving to work out and just loving that whole process all the time. And just like staying positive and motivated people are often in shock. And that's why I try to be even more transparent and more real on social media. I feel like I'm sharing all that in a bag of chips, but it's like, it's not always rainbows and butterflies and super easy. And I try to really like push that forward, but I always get questions of like, what do you do to stay so motivated? And like, what's the magic trick to have that, like that fire, if you will. Yeah. I get something similar sometimes. It was like, how are you so energetic all the time? And it's like, well, it's because I've got everything in line. You know, it's, I try to have my mind right, my body right. Even my body is like, it's a tool, like you said. And I love that because it's what I can physically see about what's going on inside. It's something that keeps me going for my mindset, but it's something that helps keep my mind in check by keeping my body right too. I love that. That's awesome. So the hormonal thing, can we come back to that? Because there's a lot of misconceptions about those, right? It just in, in men and women, everyone, and you work predominantly with women, right? Yes, I do. I do work with some men one-on-one, but a lot of my group coaching, actually all of my group coaching, I should say is, is for women. So what are some of the things that you see for those who you coach that, and I'm curious on this, I'm sure everybody is, because I don't think many understand what can really, as I was saying, what can really throw your hormones out of whack. I mean, almost like in a split second too, right? What are some of those things and how do you get those on track? Yeah. You know, it feels like a split second, but really it's the prolonged compounding effects of a lot of things. And the main one is stress, you know, like workout is a form of stress on the body. We're stressed out to the max, you know, we're stressed out about being stressed out. And if we're not stressed out, we're stressed out about that. Like there's just so much going on. And then even now, and so, and then there's other things that we can't control, you know, or like things like, you know, food, that's going to be really stressful on the body. If you're eating crappy foods and convenience foods and high sugary foods, full of inflammation, and all of those things. And to the point of inflammation, stress, stress is inflammation. And so we're at this point where it's just like, we're maxed out, you know, it's like pulling the rope at both ends. Like I said, that like tug of war game. And so when it comes to fitness, it's like, we think we, we want to look a certain way. So it's like, okay, I want this. So I'm going to like do more of this or come, you know, more of this or go in this direction. And it's really just, you know, it's, it's, it's too much and, and everybody's different and what's going to really take that person over the edge, if you will, or have it be that like split second moment that really, you know, for everybody, it's really different. Um, but yeah, for me, it was a matter of just like, yeah, working out too much working out. Cause I was like bored. It was fun. I wanted to go to this class. I wanted to do this, just kind of doing all the things there. And then, um, for me also prolonged birth control use, which did not agree with my body. And that's a hormonal thing that a lot of women are in. And I, you know, feel like, you know, if you're taking anything of whatever you should do it responsibly and have some knowledge there. And I was just like, my body was all over the place. And I just didn't really know. Um, like I said, I didn't know anything else better to do than do more of something, which really the answer to all of that kind of lies in the opposite. Um, but yeah, hormonally, like I said, at the beginning, when you play that tug of war game with your hormones, your metabolism, you know, I took a lot of supplements too along, you know, back then and like fat burners, daytime night, all the, you know, these things. And you're like, it's the, you know, it feels like almost overnight and you're just like, have I always been feeling like this? Or why do I feel, I felt like really, um, not like myself, you know, I felt like I, there was like the, the, the person that wants to do what sets their soul on fire, like trapped inside of me, if you will. And I just kept fighting and fighting and fighting against until, you know, I learned there are other areas to look at. There are other things to focus on. And I often say like, you know, stop looking down at the scale and look up at possibilities and just kind of like get distracted by all of that other things. And then it's like, you come back, you take a progress pick, you look at the scale, like whatever. And you're like, huh, 
looking good. You know, you kind of like <laughs> catch a little glimpse of yourself and you're like, you know, and it, and it, um, and that's really what's helped me is just kind of looking at those other avenues to the hormonal perspective. Like all I knew for so long was like, I can't eat any cleaner and I can't do any more workouts. Well, you know, strap that tool belt on and start adding some new ones in there. And, um, it's been a beautiful journey and, you know, and as a woman too, just I can speak from my perspective, you know, very different in my twenties and it now is in my thirties. And then, you know, moving on as we get uh, older, things are very different. And so I just find that tuning into them, getting to know them, working with them instead of working against them is going to be my best bet because yeah. I work with women of all different ages. So I get kind of that um, perspective into a lot of their lives. And um, yeah, I want to set myself up the best that I can, you know, and that's really important to me. I love that. I love how you're talking about the scale too, because it, when I went through my own, I'll call it a, a fitness and health journey, more of like a nutrition journey, I, I dropped 80 pounds. And I've talked about this on the show a lot too, but then the one thing I haven't talked about much is, you know, cause people resonate with that, right? When you say, Hey, I dropped so much weight, you know, and they look at the number, but then when I took a look at the number, you know, I got sickly at one point, you know, really I had some legitimate health issues go on after I dropped the weight. They were not connected, but I was 185 pounds as a six foot one dude, you know, which is like right in line with BMI and everything like that. But now because I started a fitness journey, over the past several years, I've put on 20 pounds, you know, and now I'm 205, but my waist size is still 33. So I've gained 20 pounds, but my waist size is still 33. So if I'm looking down at the scale, that could be really discouraging, right? But yet I'm taking a look at, at what I've built, you know, li literally when you walk by a mirror and it's like, oh, that's not too bad. <laughs> I love that. But there's, there's healthy ways to do this. There's unhealthy ways to do this. I like how you're not focused on the numbers too. That's amazing. How do people get caught up in that? Is it society that pressures that in on them or what do they feel, you know, or how do you redirect them away from the number? Yeah. I mean... We're just taught what we're taught. And some of us never question like why or question that narrative on, you know, why is it a number on the scale? Why is it the size? On, like, you know, no one really asks, you know, and I am just such a fan of celebration and part like, you know, wins and everything. So I feel like the more ways that you can kind of set up milestones of progress that are not numbers based, that are not like stepping on, the, you know, people are like, can I go to the bathroom for, and then step on the scale? It's like, yeah, do that, do that once a week, whatever, but like, don't let that be your main focus. Like, let's talk about how many, you know, did you do pushups on your toes this week? Did you do like, people are always like, I drank a lot of water last night. Like I, you know, is that why the scale? And it's like, there's so many other things to focus on and get excited about. If someone has a major weight loss goal or, you know, and it's an, it's a great indicator that we're going in the right direction. Right. But it's not just the thing we want to focus on. And I don't like focusing on it. You know, oftentimes when I bring clients in, I'm like, you know, what do you want to do? You like want to weigh yourself. You want to do a, like, you know, kind of let's do some measurements. Like what kind of, what's your goals? Let's take measurements and metrics based on like what you want to track. Right. And a lot of them are like, Oh no, I don't even really have a scale at home. Like I have a pair of jeans. I kind of want to fit into, but like, I just want to get like stronger. I want to feel like, and I just like that because more and more of those people um, are, you know, coming into my clientele base and stuff like that. But I will say I've worked with a lot of people who have had the daily relationship with the scale and we've had great times, like taking the scale from the top of a high building and throwing it off the edge and like smashing <laughs> it. I'm all about like, you know, that kind of stuff too, of like having breakthroughs in that yeah. way as well. Um, and 
Yeah. I just think when people realize how much fun you can have and how much progress you could track and just like how, how good it feels and liberating to kind of separate yourself from this number, um, they enjoy it. They just don't know any better. It's just like, they're told you're going to lose inches. You're going to lose pounds. Okay. Well, what am I going to do? Track inches and track pounds. I'm like, how's your energy? How's your conversations with, you know, people time spent, how's your sleep? How's, you know, Oh, you did two more pushups today than you did last week. Heck yeah. You know, there's just like a lot of wins. And I'm like, I'd rather have like check, 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 instead of just like check at the end of eight weeks or a quarterly goal or whatever that might be, you know, it just, it just makes it more fun and more engaging and more sustainable. And like, we just need to be consistent. And I found that doing that along the way periodically just helps with that a lot. That's awesome. You know, you're so bubbly and just so positive. I, I love it. You know, tell me about London before you started coaching. You know, w- w- what did you look like, you know, prior to 10 years ago? Um, Okay. So prior to 10 years ago, I mean, if we do like timelines, I'm 32. So like 22, I was like finishing college. I just, you know, I I feel like I've always, um, I've always known I was like meant for more and never really been afraid to do the hard thing. Um, I would say if anything, I've grown a lot and realized that, you don't always have to do more. So I'd say to go back to that, like London prior to this was probably just not as satisfied with probably as many progress points as I just listed right now. Um, and just was like really, you know, more hard on myself, more rigid and just like, you know, and I think about that too now is like, I, I work with a, a girl friend of mine who's uh, 19 on a strong at home for women program that we do. And she was talking about how she's had like Instagram and social media and all these things since she was, um, you know, like in fifth grade or sixth grade. And for me, like that didn't enter my life until, you know, much later and things like that. And so when we look at, I don't know, comparison in times like that as well, um, I was definitely in a place where I just felt like doing more and needing to be more, even without like social media, even without those comparisons and a lot of the things that we're so bombarded with all the time, that um, that's kind of where I was. And I think that a lot of people can relate to that. And now it's like even more under a magnifying glass, right? Because we're constantly exposed to all the things and all these bars and all these things we're supposed to measure up to and all of that type of thing. Um, that, yeah, I feel like I was just in the same space that a lot of people are now is in that comparison trap, wanting to do more, feeling like, you know, you're good enough is just not good enough as the, as the next person's or the next person's. And so to that person, I would say, or anybody listening who feels the same, it's just like, you know, your, your enough is enough. And as long as you're not like content with mediocrity and just like, meh, like go after it and you're getting after it, you'll have different days that like ebb and flow. And so, yeah, London 10 years ago was just like, just too much. Yeah. Too rigid. I was like, I, I want to tell her like, calm down, girl. Like, it's okay. <laughs> like you have so many years, you know, to like have fun and you're, there's going to be ups and downs and whatever. And so, um, that's why I like cool, the type of coaching I do too, because it's just not so rigid and, and, you know, tied down, we can kind of ebb and flow a little bit and have yeah. some fun there. I wish I would have had more fun then. <laughs> I get you. Yeah. How did you start your journey into who you are now then? Because that gives us a good picture because it, you know, everyone, how they are now, especially coaches, you know, we, we never were this way the entire time. Right. And I always like to say I am who I am today because of the coaches and mentors that I've had along the way. And, you know, was there a, a person or like a situation that kind of started your, your, your progress out of that rigid individual that you see from 10 years ago? Yeah. Great question. 
Um, so it was definitely when my hormones started talking to me for sure. And I just could feel like I was just low energy despite feeling like I was the healthiest person in the world. So that for me was a really big and key indicator there. Um, but like how it started was, yeah, in college, I just, I actually, I went to school. I wanted to be a criminal psychiatrist, uh, forensic psychiatrist. Like I wanted to work in prisons and I was so interested in psychology and the mind and all of that. And I wanted to like interview ser- serial killers and like talk to them and what made their mind tick. Like that's what I really <laughs> thought I wanted to do. And so, um, with that being said, you know, the universe has different plans sometimes. And I was really drawn to fitness. I started training my classmates, some of my teachers and professors, uh, we would do workouts and stuff together. And I just really fell in love with fitness. And by the time I did my certified personal training and all that type of thing, I, um, had about like, probably like three semesters left in school. So I was like, I don't want to start over. I really love this, you know, the degree that I'm getting. Um, I don't want to start from scratch. I'm just going to finish this up. And then I'm going to start my own personal training business and we'll kind of go from there. And so that's what I did. Um, and I really built that. It was an in-home personal training business, which is like so cool. Now I feel like it came such in handy, right? Everything happens for a reason, but I, um, I started training people like at their parks or in their homes, you know, in their garages, kind of with minimal equipment I could keep in my, um, in my, in my car or what they had at home, their benches, their beds, whatever. Sometimes their kids, we'd be lifting them, whatever. And that was really fun. And I loved that. But then I was kind of like, okay, I want to reach more people. And I don't want to just trade like time for money. Like you do with personal training. There's only so many hours in a day. I want to like, you know, yeah, reach more people and just kind of do things differently. Things are digital online, whatever. So from there, I um, just started writing a lot. I would write like about any, like not about anything, but for, you know, a lot of publications, my local newspaper, like different magazines that were accepting things. I think I was a member of some, like, I I can't remember. It was like a website where they would tell you where people were looking for content. And I was just like, you know, hashing out a bunch of stuff. And I got an opportunity through a company formerly known as Rentastic. Now they're Adidas Rentastic, but I got the the opportunity to start working for them and to build their whole, you know, YouTube channel, create a, basically a lot of their content, most of their content um, from the ground up with an amazing team and got to work from the digital side of that, you know, with apps and programs and different things like that. And so that was really cool and a big, you know, lift off and exciting moment for me there. And then, you know, from there, I was in Austria for six years. I just moved back to uh, California. Like in June, I came to visit my niece for her birthday after several attempts in COVID to get here. And I just decided, Hey, family's more important. You know, the health of everybody and that togetherness and that connection is more important than, you know, anything that I'm doing, traveling, you know, any sort of business success, anything like that. I just want to be present, um, with the people that I love. And so that's kind of, you know, how my fitness journey really evolved and kind of the experience and journey that I've had. And it's just been really awesome because from, you know, personal training where you're working with people one-on-one and then having the opportunity to connect with hundreds of millions of people through Adidas Rentastic from all different countries, all different walks of life, you know, just to realize that, you know, fitness knows no language. We're all moving our bodies. We all want a healthy and happy and, you know, vibrant life. And that was really beautiful. And then understanding now that like, I really feel called to working with people more in that closed off space, like I did before, but in a new way, you know, with, with new growth, uh, new growth and new, new learnings as a coach that I didn't have for sure, right out of college when I was, you know, making people do burpees and bicep curls and thinking like that was the end of the end all be all there. And so I just kind of feel like, you know, we always kind of come 
come back and it comes full circle. And I'm like, I'm really thankful for all that experience and for all that learning. And even, you know, everything that happened this past year and to really hone in and say this online space is great. I love that we can do things like this. That's really exciting. And so that's kind of like the speed version of kind of, you know, how we are where we are right now. Yeah. There's one thing that really caught me and you started at the beginning of it. You were in criminal psychology. You know, and then you got, <laughs> and then you, then you got into all this wonderful stuff about helping yeah. people. I mean, I guess they're both helping people, but you're like, I like serial killers, you know? So <laughs> yeah, what was the draw to that? <laughs> I just like, the only answer I have is I just, I don't remember now, to be honest with you for like the last year, I really haven't watched like too many crime shows, gotten involved into too many cases or things like that. But I was just always inclined when like someone, when something would happen, someone would go missing. If there was like a big case in the media, whatever, just to like dig into it and go down the rabbit hole and just kind of figure out what was with that person. How did that kind of work? And I just really found that topic super interesting. And so I would read, you know, all the books, any chance I got to write about like the criminal mind for like an English paper, like any way I could manipulate it to be like, okay, well, I'm going to write my English paper on this topic. You know, I just always found it super interesting. And so, um, I think overall, it's just that I think that the human brain is so interesting. And the more that I get into it, especially now, like I've been getting super super deep into a lot of meditation and the work of Dr. Joe Dispenza and just like kind of, you know, how powerful our brains are and, and psychology and how we really can, you know, be the masters of our reality if we really want to. And so I think that that was just like at that point, what I was interested in, in terms of the mind and the brain, but to, to the point is like this past year, there was a lot going on and there was a lot of, you know, you know, media and just, kind of, I had to be very hyper. And I always try to be, but very hyper vigilant of like what I was allowing media wise to come in. And there was a lot of crime podcasts where I was like, I can't listen to this anymore. Like, this is not what I want to bring in. And just, you know, especially, um, in times where it's always important to be mindful of what you're consuming, but I just felt that even more. And so it's still super interesting to me. I don't think I'll dive down the rabbit hole of any major crimes anytime soon. Um, but I do really like the show mind Hunter, which is basically like the, it was like a Netflix show, I think where it was the, um, kind of the whole story in a nutshell of how the kind of criminal psychology department of the FBI came. And that to me is super interesting that someone really went there and was like, let's figure this out, you know? And so anyways, that's just a fun fact about me that some, most people don't know. So. <laughs> no, it's pretty awesome. And, uh, you know, I, I was going to get into criminal justice at one point and I really enjoyed looking for the patterns in people, in criminals, because it helped me in give insight into the psyche and the mind and everything. And you start to see the cycles that go on, you know, sometimes I'll call it the circus because I think I have a circus in my head too. A lot, a lot of, yes. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Of, I'm like, yeah, welcome to the circus. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> but I'm sure, I'm sure that's helped you now because of your interest in that, right? Because you can go in and help break these patterns of self-destruction for people in their lives and help lead them to happiness. You know, do you see that a lot to where people are just like leading themselves down this run run? You're like, Hey, come on over here out of the happy track, please. Yeah. You need that outside perspective. It's hard to see it when you're in it. And I'd go to the same for myself too. That's why I always have coaches, you know, you need people to call you out and call you in and be like, you know, there's just certain patterns and certain behaviors and things that we say and ways that we do that. We just like get so caught up in autopilot doing, you know, that we just like, don't even question it or think about it. And so it's fun and it's the work to just kind of like capture like little habit by little habit or phrase by phrase that could be, and oftentimes is sabotaging you, blocking you from reaching your goals. Like 
if you tell yourself a million times that you're never going to lose the weight and you're like disgusting. And every time you look in the mirror, you give like your ugly face and you just like, like how, you know, like it's, it's really, you know, that compounding effects of things over time there. And so I just feel like, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that, but, um, but no, it's interesting though, because you're right, because you see yourself and it's hard, especially if you're starting a journey, right. And you see yourself in the mirror and it's like, Oh, there's just, there's not much of anything good to look at right now. And it's just kind of staring you right there, literally in the face. You know, how do you keep motivated in something like that to where every single day you're reminded of, in your perspective, how horrible you look? Yeah, I know. Keeping motivated. That's a million dollar question, right? I always just say that the why is bigger than how you're feeling now. So I never like, I never just embark on a journey without like a mission, you know, and say like, Hey, this is our, this is why we're doing this. This is like that emotionally compelling reason that is going to keep us rooted in this goal and like pull be that thing that pulls us out of bed by our heartstrings in the morning that makes us want to just lace up those shoes, even when we're not feeling it, you know, and it's not, I don't like let people off the hook easy with whys of like, Oh, because like, you know, I want to feel good or like, look, like we got to get specific for you and what that is. And so when you're, when you get that why and you really excavate, sometimes it takes some time, you know, like to really get through of why you're really doing something. Um, but There's when always you, a greater purpose, right? Because I mean, yeah, if somebody when you says find that yeah. rocket fuel, rocket fuel, right on. If Even on says, the hard oh, days. I want to lose weight. Well, why? Well, I want to look better. Well, why do you want to look better? You know, why, why do you need to look better? You know, and then you start diving into this thing. I did a TV segment that I pitched a little while back, you know, about going all in, you know, that's my whole thing. And I compared it. It's like, you know, take a look at, I used, uh, the rock Dwayne Johnson and then Chris Pratt, Chris Pratt and my body types. I, I checked it out and his and mine are very similar. We even started out at the same weight before we dropped down. Our workouts can be somewhat similar too. It's, it's, I didn't even know this. And I found this out after the fact, but those dudes, it's like, why do they do that? You know, and you take a look at, at both of them and their wives were to get leading roles in Hollywood. Simple as that, you know, because when Chris Pratt dropped weight, he was coming off of Parks and Recreation, right? And the dude was like 260 pounds on that. Just hilarious. This hilarious teddy bear, right? Then he lands the role of Star-Lord and he's like, and I remember reading about him in men's fitness and about how he really devoted himself to it. And the trainers actually had to just like slow him down and say, dude, you cannot kill your body. But he, that was his why, because he really wanted to bring as much as he possibly could to the role. That's why he dropped the weight and started looking really amazing. You know, I love that you don't let people off the hook. What are some of the better whys that you've heard? Yeah. Whys like you know, I want to be able to go on a bike ride with my kids or like my grandkids and like keep up and actually go for like a legit bike ride. Some people is like, I literally was, you know, around the block and it's done, you know, having to be along ground, uh, along longer around longer, sorry, around longer than their parents were or guardians because of unhealthy decisions, wanting to break that pattern in their family and their lives that they've seen kind of pan out in other people's lives, you know, close to them or where, uh, whatever. And so just wanting something bigger and greater for themselves, that's what I get super excited about. Um, you know, and it's nice to want to look good for certain things here and there, you know, if it's a wedding or like, you know, after a baby, for example, wanting to get that weight off and, you know, strengthen the pelvic floor muscles and be a strong mom and things like that. Then of course, you know, we have different whys that are related to weight and things like that, but we just try to craft them to make them, you know, something that's bigger and better than, than that. And so those are the ones that I like the most 
is like when they want to show up for their family, when they want to be able to serve better and serve with more energy and um, more vibrance, those are the ones that really stick the most because then they realize the importance of the compounding effects of working out over time. They're not in that challenge mentality, that next 30 day thing, that next, you know, whatever, six week thing or whatever. It's like, what's that? You know, I need to jump on the next. No, you're, you're cruising. You're good. You're going to pull some more tools in here and there. Uh, your why is, is, is burning and just kind of keep fostering that there and go for the things that are going to help you, you know, get closer to that why or honor that why protect that why I often say like, it needs to be a why that you go to bat for. You know, like I'll even use mine for an example for like my business and my life because I want to be able to go uh, to work from anywhere in the world, be able to visit my family whenever I want and still be able to create maximum impact with my God-given purpose. So when I came back to America, I realized I'm not going to be able to visit my family whenever I want if I go back to Europe, they can't go there. Like who knows what things different happening in the world. And so it wasn't easy to do all the things to try to move my life from a different country in like a two month period and make it work and do it remotely and all those things. But like my why was worth going to bat for, like I would do anything for that. And so I feel like when you can find something like that, it's just like, it doesn't matter how hard it is. It's just like, I'm not afraid of the hard. I'm afraid of not honoring my why. And I want to help people find that, you know, I feel like that's so like, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. So, I mean, you've had an incredible journey, especially over the past 10 years. You know, and it, it, everybody always sees the end product, right? I mean, how, how you are right now, how I am right now, it's always the success story, right? And they think it happened overnight. We know it took 10 years to get here, but we also know that we've been derailed a few times too. What was the time where you were derailed? There's not one time. There's a lot of times. There you go. Yep. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I'll try to like list them bullet point wise, just to not like throw anyone under the bus and just to like, you know, make it quick. But like, you know, when I was like obsessing over a job that I thought was going to allow me to travel the world that I like, you know, was just like, I was beating myself up over cause I didn't get it. That I was like ignoring some, somebody else, um, or, you know, another opportunity there. Um, when I stayed too long at a, a personal training position where I should have left, I wasn't treated well. I, you know, I should have left a long time ago. It wasn't great. Um, so I was derailed, you know, but you learn everything from all your derailed moments. And one time I was working with, uh, some people that I wanted to do some work with me only to find out that like the, a lot of the stuff that we were going to do was plagiarized. And I like found out right before, and I had to redo and do everything all by myself all over again. And just like, go for it full force, um, have had par partners and doing certain things, just not live up to say what they're going to do or not do what they say they're going to do and have to learn that like, not everyone's always telling the truth all the time. Um, from a fitness perspective, I fell in a grocery store one time and compressed my spine. I was out for the count for 12 weeks. I could barely walk. That was a setback. I've had knee issues and stuff. I've run a few half marathons when I shouldn't and just like wasn't fit enough because I wanted to go for it and like hurt my knee and had to take some steps back with training. Um, relationships are hard, breakups, like all of that. That's all like different things that happen and hiccups along the way that I just think make the journey like, you know, that much more, you know, more like testimony in the test, if you will. It just like, it makes it like just more, um, yeah, more human, more real, more relatable. And it just helps more people. I think to your point of, of showing that, I feel like I talk about that like a lot, but, um, That's it's so important to, hear, to continue yeah. to do that. Cause it's part of the journey. You have to respect the struggle. You have to like respect and expect it. It just happens. And that's what really like sharpens the, you know, sharpens your tools, if you will. 
Yeah. Do you have a, a mechanism or something like that that gets you back on track? Because you're very self-motivated. That's obvious. You know, I'm the same way. But when you get derailed, you know, I have coaches, I have mentors that always are there. You know, I've always had them. I have several at, at any given time that'll be like, hey, man, come come back over here to the light. You know, but what's a way for, that you use for yourself to get back on track, mm -hmm. especially mindset wise? Yeah. Okay. Mindset wise, if you want to talk that, if you want to talk circus, like that's all <laughs> that's <laughs> like <laughs> that. Yeah. That's the name of the game there. And I feel like it's not even that you get rid of some of these, you know, limiting beliefs or, or you know, negative thoughts, air quotes, if you will, or that the inner bully or the inner judge, however, you know, like goes away and you don't, you just get uh, more aware of it quicker to be like out of here. You know, and I just feel like um, one thought at a time, one circus animal at a time, if you will, to like tame and kind of put away. That's really what's helped me a lot when I feel like I've, you know, I'm overwhelmed or whatever. I just go back to like one thought at a time, one task at a time, one workout at a time, sometimes one repetition at a time. And just like really going back to that and remembering that fitness wise, I just always go for the lowest hanging fruit. That's not going to hurt myself. I don't feel old, but it's true what people say, like in your thirties, you know, it's like, you don't want to be like, if you've been off track and you haven't done much for a while, like you probably shouldn't be like lifting super heavy and super setting with like a plyometric exercise. And I'm raising my hand because you do that. And then you're like, Oh, my T bands tight, like things hurt. So I just go for the basics. Like I'm even doing now, like my step average step goal last week was pitiful. It was like 1700 steps on average. Granted, I don't always grab my phone with me everywhere that I walk, but most importantly, I just wasn't moving a lot. Um, my water intake wasn't, you know, super great. So I'm just like, I'm never afraid to go back to the basics. You know, you never have to take, you know, take some steps back and be like, Hey, you know, how's the basics? How's your sleep? How's your water? You know, are you moving enough? Are you generating enough energy and not, you know, being too hunched over here, there, um, and then not being afraid to like take a few steps back in a workout, you know, just kind of taking it easy, easing back into things. Um, you know, it's, it's a journey, it's a marathon. It's like, it's going to, you know, go up and down. And so I always just say like, um, you know, if you're running a marathon, for example, and your shoe comes untied or you fall, you're not going to like start over and go all the way back to the start line and then start again to like finish perfectly. You just like get up, tie your shoe, dust it off, whatever, and like keep going. And so I just kind of think of it as that. It's like, it's just going to come, you know, and it's going to, there's, you know, I shouldn't be surprised by it anymore. It's just like, how fast can I knock it down and keep going? And it's, yeah, it is. It's a circus. It's fun. For sure. <laughs> so you had trouble getting back into the States. I know, you know, how has your business been affected at all by coming back here? Coming back to California, you yeah. mean, or being back in America? Yeah. Um, no, not like my online business. No, because I've always worked with people from all over the world and I still continue to do that. Um, but when I was in uh, Europe, we did um, live workout parties, Adidas Rentastic live workout parties, big events in a bunch of different countries all over the world um, with hundreds and thousands of people who would come and do workout events. So that part of my work changed a lot. I also did in-person women's retreats. I did one in Costa Rica and Mykonos and had planned on doing like a yearly one just to have, you know, some good time with women all together, some self-love and sweat. And that's, we're not doing that anymore, but um, yeah, I mean, online is a great space and, you know, on top of doing like fitness and uh, lifestyle transformation, coaching and things like that, you know, just to, for, just for the purpose of, I feel like being all in and just feeling like you're, when you're to serve and to um, 
yeah, be all in, live full out. As I often say, you know, I've done a lot of on-camera work, created a lot of content on camera for the last decade that even this past year, I was helping a lot of people like, hey, your message deserves to be heard. We got it. You know, here's how to show up more consistently and confidently on camera. People who are used to speaking, you know, on big stages, now they're on like Zoom and looking at a little dot or whatever. And it feels very uncomfortable, very foreign to them. And so I kind of just like, pivoted in one direction and said like, okay, you know, this is where like, and this is where I can, you know, serve. This is where I, you know, have a lot of experience and have made a lot of mistakes and also a lot of progress. And I really feel like it can help there too. And so I kind of, you know, when it comes to like my lifestyle transformation business, everything, you know, is great and people are wanting to up level and people are seeing the importance of that too. But I also was like, Hey, you know what? Like if that part's going to go away and I have this chunk of time, I am taking, you know, time for myself and making sure that like everything, you know, it was a tough year, everything, you know, people were thrown through a loop that I was taking care of myself. But then I was like, you know what? I have more to offer. I feel like there's more value there. And if we're going to be on zoom, I want people to show up, you know, um, proud and at least confident, at least consistent. And so I helped out a lot there and did a lot of, um, webinars and seminars and coaching events and things like that. Um, in, in that direction. And so I think, you know, part of being all in is not just like doing the bare minimum either. It's like, you know, really saying like, Hey, what is my, my mission, my why, my purpose, and how is that kind of ebbing and flowing throughout the different seasons and sometimes worldwide, you know, changes and events at times. So that's been fun too. And I think a really big part of my journey that I also could have seen as like an, a derailment and probably for a hot minute I did. I did spend some time in bed, just really missing my family and hoping I could yeah, get a flight back. But, you know, day by day, thought by thought. And eventually I was here. And um, yeah. That's the real, real though, right? And that's how we all face the challenges. You know, I, I remember Zoom has been fantastic, you know, or any kind of remoteness, even in fitness. You know, my, my son is in Taekwondo, my 10 year old, and he's been doing his belt testing over Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> it's, been, it's been a lot of fun when you, he used to go in person, but he keeps it. He's like, I miss being around everybody else. I'm like, dude, I get it. But you can keep making progress doing exactly how things have moved and changed and evolved right now too. It's not going to stop you. It can't stop. He's like, I know dad. So then I see him, you know, when it was warmer here in Chicago, out in the backyard, practicing his forums all by himself. And he just goes out there and it was after the pep talk that he just kept trug just chugging forward. It was pretty fun to watch. And uh, I'm excited for that. But uh, last segment here today, because we're going to talk about the real, real, you know, tell me about one of the biggest challenges that you've helped one of your clients through. That you were just, I mean, like you were in tears at the end because it was such a huge breakthrough that you got to be a part of for them. Yeah. Okay. So one of the, my favorite things about my job, my, my purpose is a lot of times women come to me and they're looking to, you know, change their lives, make an impact. You know, they're very much talking about what's going on in their lives. Of course, they're concerned with the impact, their relationships, kids, whatever. But like when they really see like, oh my gosh, it wasn't just about me. Like my whole family is impacted. You know, I don't always get the opportunity to like meet my clients in person or sometimes even connect with their family members. But sometimes they'll reach out to me and just be like, oh my gosh, like because of the coaching that, you know, uh, so-and-so did with you, like, you know, our family would not be the same. Like she saved us and helped us in so many ways. And so one particular conversation in general is with a friend of mine who 
um, a client of mine whose husband was a, is a former uh, veteran, was a wounded veteran. And she was just like, you know, there was a lot going on, a lot of um, emotional trauma and then, and then kids and just like everything in the moment that she realized like, oh my gosh, like I didn't have to change anyone except for work on myself. And now my husband sees that and he's working on this, this, and this, our relationship couldn't have been better. My kids see this, you know, they're like excited when I'm making my morning smoothie and they want to throw like, you know, and so when they realize that and they're just like, oh my gosh, like I'm not just doing this for me. And you get that like feeling of, you know, like you're making an impact. It's like that ripple in the pond there. And so there have been a couple instances and that one in particular where like at our last, like, I don't know, graduation call, if you will, of like our VIP coaching before they go into any group stuff or accountability groups and things that I offer where we're just like, right, like this on zoom, just looking at each other, like, "Mm -hmm, mm -hmm." and then the tear, you know, and sometimes I'm just like, you know, and there's like the thank yous on both ends or whatever. And it's like, this is, this is, you did this. This is just like a matter of, you know, figuring out and having someone by your side to excavate, excavate those tools with you, sharpen them with you, and then be there, like, use it when it's time to use it, like go for it. You know, when we're just not sure, like, you know, how that's going to turn out and pan out. And so the best moments and the ones that stick to me the most is when people realize that it's much bigger than themselves and that they're making an impact without really doing much. Cause as women, we think we have to do all the things for everybody. And I'm like, no, it's how much of your real, real, like you say, your real, real that you can give to people. And you can't give your real, real. If you're like stretched out, like stretch Armstrong, you know, people are going to be able to see that light and feel that light better. And so those are my favorite moments. Those are my favorite moments. I love that. London, you've been amazing for real mm-hmm. and for real, real. <laughs> <laughs> and it, everyone can connect with you at Life Like London, right? It looks like everywhere, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and then also lifelikelondon.com, right? Yep. L-U-N-D-E-N. L-U-N-D-E-N. Good mm-hmm. call out for sure. I appreciate you being on today and thanks for bringing the energy and just the just the joy and everything because people need to hear this because there's a lot of suck going on right now and we're here to suck the suck out of suck, right? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yep. And all in. I love, I love what you're doing here. This is awesome. Thank you for having me. What's shaking? Thank you for joining me on the All In Podcast. Click the subscribe button and smash that bell for notifications. Text me. 312-535-8520. Follow me on social media at Mr. Rick Jordan. See you next episode. I am Rick Jordan and I approve this message.